Welcome to the Fundamental Baptist Podcast. There are many types of Baptists, but being a Baptist once meant that you were a fundamentalist. Over the years, many Baptists have strayed from the fundamentals and thus attacked those who remain true to the faith. This podcast will address the issues surrounding what it means to be a fundamental Baptist. Somebody said, Brother House, fundamentalists are changing, aren't they? No, fundamentalists don't change. Folks quit being fundamentalists. God says when the troubles come, He said fight. You can't fight. He said withstand. You can't withstand. He said stand. What does it mean to stand? He said don't change. What? Don't change what? Number one, don't change what you believe. Here we will reason concerning the scriptures about the doctrines we hold dear. We believe in souls being saved, lives being changed, and Bible doctrines being strengthened by the Word of God. We believe in the local church, soul winning, missions, and everything taught in the King James Bible. I thank God tonight for this wonderful Bible. You know, I, I thank God it's a perfect book, and I, I love the Bible. doesn't need any addition, no correction, nothing taken from it. Thank God tonight for the Holy Bible. I like it just like it is. We are not ashamed of being fundamental Baptists, and we want to encourage others to remain true to the Bible, their Baptist heritage, and to not change what they have been given. You just stick with the book. You can't beat this book. Why does every generation feel that we've got to change it just a little bit because our daddy did it as I said, and our granddaddy did it like that, and let's change it just a little bit. You change it, and things that are different are not the same. The same commit thou to faithful men. Thank you for joining us in our discussion of what it means to be a fundamental Baptist. Hello and welcome, David Baker. Welcome to the Fundamental Baptist Podcast. We're glad that you're here, and I've got some guests with me today, and uh, each one of these men, we've done an individual podcast with them, but I've got three more men on. This is the administration of Independent Baptist Online College, so going to let them introduce themselves and briefly tell about them, and then we will get into our topic for today, which should be uh, very helpful, encouraging, and I'm sure it won't be controversial at all, okay? <laughs> Not at all. So, uh, Dr. Smale, the president of Independent Baptist Online College. So tell us a little bit about, about you, family, ministry. Uh, Jeff Smale, um, been the president since it began back uh, seven plus years ago and 30 years as a pastor. Uh, preached my first message in 1983 and uh, I kind of consider myself a connoisseur of preaching. I love to hear preaching. And uh, so this is a subject that I'm very fond of. And, uh, and I think that preaching is what makes the difference in America. I think the fault of America is the lack of preaching. But uh, so uh, I have 12 children and uh, live in Mansfield, Ohio, and uh, work with the college on a full-time basis and enjoy every minute of it. Awesome. Thank you, Dr. Smale. Dr. Bob Gray, Chancellor, co-founder, uh, and, uh, and, and how you got started in this preaching thing. How many years? Do you keep track? How many sermons have you preached? Yes, I do. I do. It's in my briefcase to my left here, uh, something like that. I, I'm not going to say it because I may get it wrong. But yes, I do. I've, I've got an accounting background, so you have. I'm a numbers cruncher. So anyway, I uh, became a licensed ordained Baptist preacher in 1972, and uh, my growth in the Lord has come. I, I'm 77, been saved 66 years, 50 years in the ministry, and right. so I the ones I look up to are all in heaven now. I preach for them. They preach for me. But my goodness, you're talking about tremendous pulpiteers. 
and they were great. I, I was friends with them. They were friends with me and had Amen. a time. Awesome. Great, great. Brother Dr. Bruce Miller, introduce yourself and tell us about your background. Well, I am Bruce Miller, and um, the Lord has been so good to me. This is my 53rd year in the ministry, started in 71, and uh, maybe it's my 52nd. I don't know because I'm 72 and things are getting a little foggy up there. But I am, have been in Bible college work over 40 years. I'm a full-time evangelist and uh, have pastored. And as an evangelist right now, I'm pastoring a church to get it up and back on its feet and uh, still holding meetings. But uh, God's let me start or help start uh, 12 Bible colleges around the world. And when I was asked uh, in 19, uh, or 19 in 2017 to join you men, um, I, I, I really had my plate full, but uh, I've been with you since 2018, four and a half years. And what a privilege to work with you uh, as executive vice president here and an instructor uh, in the college. Uh, it's just a joy to be working with you. See that when you first talked to me, we had 700 students back in uh, 2017 or 18. We had 700 students and now we have what, over 1,500? Mm -hmm. uh, so praise, praise the Lord, because to me, being in Bible college work for over 40 years, it's exciting to see the graduates. And we have graduates out yeah. there doing it, the ministry right now. Thank you, man, for letting me be part of this. Thank you, Brother Miller. You've been a great asset. To be great on this topic, too, because in a college, you're training preachers and uh, training them how to preach. So that's a big deal. And it is a blessing. Um, over 1,500 students with Independent Baptist Online College that we have. And uh, we've also done something else, help pastors start Bible institutes uh, in their own church using our courses. And we just went over 160 pastors um, that have started Bible institutes we've gotten to help them with. And so that's just amazing and exciting. And uh, this is not about us or building something about us. We don't even know how many students are in our Bible institutes. We only know the college. Right. It's not a number of things that we're trying to do. What we want to do is train the next generation and help pastors and help churches to be able to train their lay people, their preacher boys to be able to do more for God, and God has blessed that. So, all right, our topic for the day, you sort of got in the introduction, is on preaching, okay, preaching. And uh, when I was in Bible college, I never heard this debate, but in the last few years, this debate has been strong for people that believe that only expository preaching is what you ought to be doing, and topical preaching is just wrong and shallow and weak, and Bible preaching is expository preaching, and that's what you ought to be doing. And I never heard that. We never downed anybody if you preach an expository sermon or a textual sermon or a topical sermon. Um, that You're preaching the Word. It's biblical. It's doctrinal. It's strong. I put together a little quiz on a post there and said, pick the number that you believe apply to preaching. Number one, all topical. So sermons should be all topical as a sermon is a greasy wrench to fix a problem. Number two, textual, where we preach a truth but expound on it within the context. Number three, all expository. It's the only true preaching as we are to preach the word. Number four, topical, expository, or textural, all good as long as it's spirit-filled and true. And number five, between Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, Sunday school, there are times to include all types of preaching 
and teaching. And so in setting it up, I just wanted to give that out. Um, as long as it's truth and as long as it's Bible, I think there's a place for all of that. And so when the Bible says, as far as preachers, we're supposed to preach, um, reprove exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. There's not just one thing that we're supposed to do. And so we were taught, hey, Sunday school, topical on an issue to help people grow and learn the word of God. Sunday morning to individuals, comfort, encouraging, helping them a topic to preach the word of God to help them with that. Sunday night more as a church group and an organization, an organism as a group. And then Wednesday night, teach the Bible. And right now we're going through Genesis verse by verse and Wednesday night, and it's great. But Sunday mornings topically to help people with what they're going through. So I'd like to bounce off these men. When did this come from? What did you grow up with? What did you hear? What do you think is effective? And I also want to talk about what you remember in your mind. And my last part of the introduction, I'll turn it over to them. I worked for a guy, I won't give his name, but he is one of the biggest names out there teaching that you ought to be in expository preaching. And I was on staff at that church, and it's a big church and big name. And and I can't remember one sermon ever ever that he preached the whole time I was there. And also, when my wife and I were there, we would get done with every service and go, what did you get out of it? What did you learn? What do you remember? And I hate saying this, but it was true. The word was, that was so boring. Um, and so it wasn't a truth that changed our life. It wasn't anything that we remember. And so, and I think we miss so much by people that are preaching just to be expository and not understanding topically uh, preaching. So uh, Dr. Mel, we started with you. Uh, so your thoughts, what you've seen, what you've been around, where's this coming from, and uh, what should preachers be looking to do today? Well, I agree with you 100% about uh, using all forms um, and that's what I've always done. And it is exactly that way. You know, there's a difference between the crowd Sunday morning and the crowd Wednesday night and what you're trying to accomplish in both. And you're, you're trying to be fully uh, uh, helping them with all that they're doing in their growth. And, and I don't know that anyone is going to do it. You're going to need a combination of all of them. Uh, but I, I always love and go back to the statement that Dr. Hiles talked about uh, going to the the pharmacy and, get medicine. He said, you don't just start at A and hope you get the right medicine. Eventually, you know, you get the medicine that you need for the problem you've got. And uh, that's where the topical comes in. But yeah, there are times you want your people to know the book of Genesis or the book of Revelation or um, some some uh, uh, Bible book. So you've got to go through that. And Sunday school can be another avenue like that. So I, I've, I've done them all. And I just don't understand why anybody would say, well, it's got to be expository. It's not Bible. I don't think Jesus was expository from what I read. Uh, so, and we don't have a verse that says you got to preach expository or you're doing it wrong. Uh, and not even a, a hint of that. I think the reprove, the rebuke is the closest thing you got. Um, so that's what I've tried to do uh, since 1983. Um, and I feel like that is where you remember things. That is where you're impacted. Uh, that is where it's pointed and it's to the, to the need. And that's kind of where I've always run, but I, that's what I like to hear too. Awesome. And it is so true. Um, I'm a little sarcastic and every once in a while I may stir something up. So when some guy posts on there, you ought to be just preaching expository. I'll say, amen, just like Paul's sermons and just like Jesus's sermons. That's how they preach, you know? 
And so you look at Jesus' sermons, you look at Paul's sermons, they quoted the Old Testament a lot, but they never took an Old Testament passage and went through it verse by verse expository. They never did that. And so the example for our preaching ought to be Jesus and the Apostle Paul. And for people to think they can do better than that is just amazing to me. So who is our example? What would Jesus do? What type of sermons would he preach? He preached to fix a problem and preached a topical sermon that was had truth in it from the Word of God. So, Dr. Gray, um, affectionately the oldest uh, and wisest uh, among us. So, uh, so uh, uh, anyway, so what kind of preaching? Uh, what do you think about this? You've been around. I'm sure you've heard this, and uh, I'm sure you've probably even been the topic of um, of. Uh, some of these uh, debates that people talk about, uh, these shallow topical sermons, you know, one verse and scream about it for an hour. So uh, what's your thought, Dr. Gray? Well, I did look up the number of sermons I preached, 27,798, just to let you know. Lord. Thank you. I was hoping you'd have that. 27,000 sermons. So praise the Lord. Uh, the, uh, I have 46 Bibles, wide margin Cambridge Bibles. And, and what I, version, Dr. Gray, would those be? I'm sorry. What version would those be? <laughs> King James only. <laughs> I got 46 Bibles. Let's clarify uh, that. So go ahead. <laughs> the when I, I I never heard of such a thing. Uh, and I until you see here here's here's what I look at. I I counsel with people. I win people to Christ. I get them saved. Amen. Amen. They come to me with needs. And so I I say, oh my goodness. Well, they, they, they've got a serious need here. I go to my prayer time, quiet time with God in the morning, read my scripture, organized. It's organized. 35 chapters in the old, 15 in the new, uh, proverb a day, a psalm a day. And I'm looking for answers, not for me and not for a sermon, but to meet the needs. Amen. So when the Holy Spirit gives it to me. I write it down and uh, then give it to the people who have the needs. So, Every day, because I deal with, I, I win souls regularly, I, and people, I give my number, and they call me, they email me, they text me, and so when I go to my quiet time in the morning, I get answers, and those answers, then I give to them. Uh, I've had couples come to the office and have a problem, I, and I help them, and they look at me and say, oh, Pastor, you're so wise, Where is, you're so wise, and I I'm saying to myself, no, the Holy Spirit gave me this. And I jot it down because I'm going to use it again. I was with Brother Hiles in Wyoming. Tuesday morning, I preached first, he preached second. He slammed it out of the ballpark. Man, he hit it out of the ballpark. We're in the van. We're going back to the motel. I said, Brother Hiles, that was fantastic. Where did you get that? He said, out of the Bible. Y'all try reading it. <laughs> Amen. What he did was based upon need. He was a need filler. Absolutely. And Dr. Robertson, need filler. Now, I never heard the, the, uh, the uh, style of preaching. Never heard of it until they started attacking Dr. Hiles. That's the first time I ever heard anybody. I, I, I wasn't raised that way. I was the American Baptist denomination. I never heard anything in those early days there. Never heard it in independent circuit. Never did. So the only thing I can say about it is God is not concerned. I do, I do all of them. Uh, Sunday morning, comfort, encourage. God bless you, you can make it. Sunday night, a kick in the britches. Bless God, get off your dump, get something done. Wednesday night, I would teach topical, 
then I would go to, from topical to uh, uh, pra practical. I would go to doctrine. I would go back and forth. A lot of times a fellow will take a sermon and he'll preach it on a Sunday night and say, well, that took care of that. I don't want to worry about that problem anymore. When in reality, he should have made a series out of it on Amen. Wednesday night. Amen. Uh, and if he'd have made a series out of Wednesday night, he could have really helped people. You never spank a kid once and say, well, I took care of that. You never preach on tithing and say, well, I took care of that. So all of it is essential. Dr. John Rice did them all. Dr. Lee Robertson did them all. Lester Roloff did them all. Amen. Well, Hiles did. All those men. I preach for them. They preach for me. Dr. Tom Malone, tremendous preacher. But uh, so the style meant nothing. The substance, it meant everything. Amen. I think it's right. And boy, I look at back some of the best sermons I feel like I've ever preached came from counseling and somebody's telling me a problem. And while they're talking, I don't show it on my face, but in my heart, I'm going, God, help me. I don't know what to say. God, I've got a friend who's come from afar and I need bread. God, please help me. And it's amazing how God gives the truth and brings all things to remembrance. And here's something from the Bible. You don't really realize that you knew and it comes out like, wow, that's helpful. And like, hold on, I'm going to write that down. And uh, it's just such a great truth because it's helping people. And that's what it's all about when the preaching is to help people the truths that come out of that are just amazing the other day, I said one time about brother hiles and brother hiles has, has, has said this himself but i heard dr rice say it he said i use jack hiles because he's got a hook in his sermon yeah it's not for display it's a hook <laughs> yeah absolutely i um i was thinking the other week and i think this often when i think in my mind of this battle and how many times these people are telling us we need to do just expository uh, and, and almost every week, like, wow, here's a topical sermon you would never get if it was top if it was expository. I was um, thinking about correction and and people taking correction and and how many times it's hard for people to take correction. But the Bible says a wise man will hear and will increase learning. Rebuke a wise man and he will love thee. And we should want and love correction and take it the right way. And a wise man will. So I was thinking, okay, how well do people take correction? And sometimes, well, it depends how we're corrected. If someone corrects us in a good way. Way, we take it. If someone doesn't correct us in a good way, then a lot of times we don't. I was in the military. Um, those drill sergeants did not correct us in a kind, nice way. They called you everything in the book, and you said, yes, drill sergeant. Thank you, drill sergeant. And so um, we ought to take correction no matter how it comes. But And then God, I didn't even know I knew this first, wait, a wise reprover. Doesn't the Bible talk about a wise reprover? And I went to the Bible and saw Proverbs where it says, as an earring of gold and an ornament of fine gold, so is a wise reprover upon an obedient ear. And it's like, oh, wow, a wise reprover. As parents and pastors and leaders and bosses, if we reprove wisely, wow, how much that can help people to take it more. So I said, okay, God, Give me some examples of people who reproved wisely. And boy, the brain just explodes. I don't preach a whole sermon. Um, but how that Nathan the prophet had to go to the king to tell him, you're the guy. He took this. Uh, how did he do it wisely? King, let me tell you a story. He told the king a story, got the king to make judgment on the story first. And then he said, thou art the man. 
And the king took it. The king could have said off with his head. And I gave six or seven illustrations of Bible stories of how Jesus reproved somebody, okay? And, and how wise people reprove somebody. And it was a great topical message and applied to so many people afterwards. Parents, thank you. Bosses, thank you. People, thank you. Because, boy, so many times if we don't correct the right, right way, walls come up and we don't get to help them. But a wise reprover, and that's a topical sermon, biblical, so much truth, so much scripture, but you would have never got that if all you are doing is what someone told you verse by verse by verse expository. So one of the things Dr. Grant want to say interject something. You we we us <laughs> so-called topical preachers have never attacked a verse by verse preacher. Yeah. Never. The attack no none that I run with that I know of, I've never heard them criticized. Right. And Brother House told us in chapels if you better not criticize, I don't care who's preaching up here, you better not criticize him. So yeah. we never were <clears throat> on the outs with those who are exegete. But for some reason, uh, the, the, the attack came our way. It didn't go from us to them. No, that's true. And one of the things you mentioned, I wanted to say, topical Bible studies, series Bible studies are incredible. Some of the best Bible studies I've ever done were a topic. Uh, right now in Sunday school, we're doing a topic on our worldview. What's a biblical worldview compared to all the other worldviews? It's been incredible. Uh, before this on Wednesday night, I did one on the martyrs. Started with martyrs in the Bible and martyrs in history and combined them together. It was fascinating. Everyone loved it. It was neat and biblical and truth and let people let us see how we have our Bible and what people had to go through where we have the truth today. Uh, one of the best Bible studies I did on the children of Israel taught on the patriarchs, then the judges, then the kings, all in order. It it helps so many people to put all that together. And it's a topical Bible study. And I think we miss so much if we're just doing that quote, exegesis. And by the way, if you haven't heard the podcast on uh, how we made Greek a God, you ought to hear that. And I think that's the biggest thing. Many people today, when they're doing expository, they're not even teaching truth because they're using the wrong Greek, the wrong definitions. They're really quoting the NIV when they do that, but that's another topic. You can go get that. All right, Dr. Miller, I want to know, you are the college professor. How many people have you taught on preaching and courses? And so, Mr. Professor, tell us, uh, what do you teach preachers on this preaching and how to do it in all the different ways and styles you can. In 1979, a uh, preacher who, uh, I don't even know if he's preaching anymore, he was president of Bible College, said, when you come preach at my college and church, uh, be sure you preach expository. That's the only type of preaching there is. His college is closed today. In fact, he was president of two colleges. They both closed. And uh, uh, so that made me really dig because I had already been teaching uh, eight different types of sermons that our men in homiletics need to learn to preach. Uh, there's expository, and expository is not verse by verse, that's commentary. There's expository, there's commentary, there's textural, there's topical, there's biblical uh, incident. Uh, uh, oh, by the way, time out. Jesus said, remember Lot's wife, end of the sermon. <laughs> well, that was a lot of exposition, wasn't it? They had enough background, they could look back and say, oh, yeah, Lot's wife, I better not look back. Um, there's uh, uh, there's um, uh, several other types of sermons, but we teach our preacher boys at Atlantic Coast Baptist College currently uh, how to preach seven different types of sermons found in the Bible. Jesus did not just preach expositorily for those people. Um, in talking about...
about not offending children in Mark 9, he says five times that hell has fire. So out of that, you can get a whole sermon on fire in hell. Second mm -hmm. uh, Timothy uh, chapter 3, verse 16 says, all scriptures given by inspiration to God and is profitable for doctrine. You can have doctrinal sermons uh, just on the doctrine, the doctrine of eternal security. Uh, and it's profitable for uh, reproach and rebuke, all sorts of things. And then it says in chapter 4, verse 2, if you're going to do an expository sermon, you got to start at 2 Timothy 3.15 and go through chapter 4, verse 4. But verse 2, it says, preach the word. That's the whole body of truth. Well, I can go back there and I can get topical sermons, <clears throat> a one on salvation from chapter 3, verse 15, one on uh, doctrine from chapter 3, verse 16, one on uh, uh, preparation. It says uh, for re uh, reproof, that's convictions. Uh, all that the men of God may be thoroughly, thoroughly furnished, that's preparation. Uh, I can get all those topical sermons out of that one uh, expository sermon. And mm -hmm. so uh, he, he did me a favor when he said Jesus only taught uh, and preached expositorily because it made me go back in my early career in Bible college and see all these different types of sermons in the Bible. If I've got a new convert, like Brother Gray was talking about, and I only talk about eternal security and preach eternal security and teach eternal security, when I come to it in the Bible, that new convert, that new convert needs to hear eternal security right up front, that what he or she got was everlasting life. It was eternal life. If I wait until I come to it later, it might be weeks before they hear that, if I'm going through the Bible, for instance. So uh, what they're saying is impractical, and half the time they're talking about verse-by-verse -verse commentary. You get an expository sermon out of Proverbs. I want to hear it, because you've got half, half verses yeah. that are not even related to the other half of the verse. Yeah. So that has to be topical. Amen. That's my two cents. Hey, I want to say something to the people watching and listening to this podcast. Watch the expressions of the men, and you'll learn something. Uh, because if Dr. Smith says something, and we all smile, we're saying, hey, that guy, yep, we've been through that, and you men and women are going to go through this. So watch our expressions. If we all frown, you don't need to pay attention to me. Yeah, so if you're listening on the podcast, this is also on YouTube and Rumble, and so uh, um, I think most of them frown when I talk, I, I think. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so hey, let me ask you guys this. In your mind, we didn't rehearse this, okay? So um, in your mind, what sermons do you remember? Um, what sermons, if you just changed your life, what sermons do you remember? If you had to bring up sermons in the last decade, two, three, four, five decades, um, give me some of those sermons. Were they expository? Were they topical? Who preached them? What was it about? Um, uh, um, Ms. Mail? Or who wants to go uh, first? Yeah, the only message I ever heard Dr. House preach before I went to House Anderson, and I chose House Anderson in part over this, was duty. And uh, when I uh, first had him into my church, you know, he said that the first time he preached in a new church, he would let the pastor, you know, if there was something that he had preached in the past that he thought would be a blessing to his people, you know, he would preach it. And I said, duty, you know, and I think a lot of the guys would say fresh oil or something like that. 
But to me, and maybe it's my background, I came from a Presbyterian background. Uh, when I was growing up, uh, the, the pastor wore the, the robe and the underwear around his neck, and uh, he, he warbled when he said God, and, you know, and, and I, could, I could sense when the sermon was coming to an end because he'd start getting uh, spit at the end of his lip there, and about the time he sucked it in was the end of the message. Um, and then that's the type of stuff you did because, you, you know, there wasn't anything biblical. Usually it was about being good neighbors, you know, how good the, uh, United Nations is to all of us and, you know, peace at every cost. And, and, and that's kind of what I grew up on. And uh, so when I heard Dr. House preach duty, I, I was saved, but I hadn't surrendered my life. It made more sense to me than anything I'd heard in my entire life that there's a duty involved with who I am and what I do for the Lord and what uh, my position is to Christ. And I, I mean, I just couldn't get past that. That stuck with me then. And I wanted our people to get it. And I never dared try to preach it because I thought I'd mess it up. But when he came, that's what I had him preach uh, just because it meant so much to me. And still Amen. today it does. Amen. Dr. Gray. Well, I fresh oil, of course, that, that, Obviously, I, I think for most of us, <clears throat> when I heard it at pastor school, I, I was up in the balcony, and man, was I under conviction. Good night. I stepped out in the aisle, took two steps. It was a log jam. You, could, you couldn't get the altar. Everybody moved. If you can imagine 7,000 people, one auditorium, everybody going to the altar. I took two steps. It was a log jam, and I begged God. I begged God, please, please, please use me. Um, Duty, of course, I heard him 12 times preach duty to my family, and I would travel to hear him. Uh, and I remember going to uh, southwestern, uh, southeastern Michigan, L.A. Traxler's church up there, and went there to hear him. I was sitting on the second row, and I, I laughed. I said to my wife, if he opens up to Ecclesiastes, I I'm going to scream. Uh, that's all we'd heard for, for, for months when we followed he got up, open to Ecclesiastes. She leaned over and said, go ahead and scream, big boy. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, but four calls to soul winning. Yeah. Uh, was powerful. It was powerful. Uh, seeing him who is invisible is the very first sermon yeah. I ever heard in person in South Bend, in Indiana, and so many others. I've never heard a dud. Never heard a dud. Um, for, when we moved to Hammond, Sunday morning, we joined. And uh, I cried through the whole Sunday school, the whole Sunday. It was just amazing. I went home. My wife said, uh, what did you think? I said, she, I said to her, man, I feel sorry for him. And she said, what do you mean? I said, there's no way he can top that. You realize he's got to come back tonight in front of 7,000 people and top that. He'll never do it. He'll never do it. Went back Sunday night. He topped it. And I never heard a dud. But I think, it was, and you felt like he was talking to you. It, it 7,000 people, but it was you and him. And I think that's because he was meeting needs. He wasn't preaching a sermon for sermon's sake. He was trying to help somebody. Amen. That's so true. Brother Miller? Well, I'll, I'll use Brother Howes, too. I did not go to Howes Anderson. I went to a school called Indiana Baptist College, and we had Dr. Howes come preach at a Sword of the Lord conference in our Bible college. And when I was a freshman, he preached a message that affects me every week today called, Is There? hell and uh that message for those of you that want to categorize it was a testimony sermon he gave a testimony of a question a guy asked him paul used testimony sermons folks uh, it, it also 
was a topical sermon on hell, fire in hell. And that affected me today, and it's affected me now. I'm going soul winning this week, Amen. and I pass Amen. out tracks. I'll give you a second one. This one was a textual sermon. Textual means all your points come out of the text, but you don't get all the points in the text, which is expository. And I was preaching in Ukraine at Slavic Baptist Institute. The other preacher was a man named Chess Carr from, uh, at that time, Pennsylvania. He lived in Georgia and had a ministry. And he was assigned the topic of, for our Ukrainian students, he was assigned the topic of the unscripturality of tongues. So he's got a topical sermon assigned to him. But he went to 1 Corinthians on the gifts. And he went through three chapters of the gifts and made it like a lawyer, empirical truth, this truth, this truth, this truth, this truth. So tongues, as they are as they are today in our churches, are unscriptural. That was a topical uh, sermon that he taught textually and empirically. Man, I like preaching. I love it all, guys. I love it all. Amen. Amen. That is beautiful. And it's interesting to see. And hey, preacher, listening to this, I'd like to ask you, what would you like from people when they hear you preach? How about this? I got something out of it that touched me, that changed my life. I made a decision from that. And even years later, they remember it. Uh, When I went to Bible college, I went there for Jack Hiles. So I was in his Sunday school class and never missed a Sunday morning. Um, Sunday night, even though I worked security, I made sure I listened to the sermon the week after on tape, sitting in the security car in front of his house because they had people try to burn his house down. I, I didn't miss anything when I was there because I knew this is it, why I'm here. As a young preacher boy, and on Sunday morning, I wanted him to come in and preach and rip. And so many times it was just comforting and comforting. And at first, I'm like, oh, boy, I'm wanting him to preach. And then after a while, I said, okay, I need to think through, why is he doing this? Wow, he's preaching to broken hearts. He spent his week counseling and helping people what they're going through. And uh, the great sermon, can I change seats, please? You know, and took an illustration of what he went through in his life and applied it to people. The situations were going through. He was on a plane in a bad place, asked the steward if he could change seats. He said, no, that's your assigned seat. You got to stay there. And then God said, there's your sermon. And boy, you apply that to everybody. I got cancer. My wife just passed away. All the problems and burdens. Can I change seats, please? No, this is a seat for you. God put you there. There's a plan and a purpose for it. Wow. You looked out of there so encouraged and so helped. I can make it. I can keep going. And hey, preacher, wouldn't you like people to remember what you preach? One of my little pet peeves is, uh, (laughs) sorry, I know some people and probably all do it some, but where every sermon has to be properly alliterated, the power of something of W and the presence of something of W. And and they go through that just like Jesus preached. I mean, just like Paul preached (laughs) because they're going to remember it. Nobody remembers your P and your W. Nobody remembers that. What they're going to remember is one great truth, a sermon, that one great truth that it hit with them and it helped them and and they made a decision and it changed their life. That's what they're going to remember. And that's our example from Elijah (laughs) to the prophets, to the preachers, to the New Testament, that topic that touched them and helped them and changed their life. And I'm afraid we're missing so much because somebody said, and they got a big church and I want a big church like they have. And here's what you got to do to build a big church. Well, I want a big church. Okay, I'll do that. And we threw out all the great preaching of the past and all the Bible. 
examples to be able to preach what somebody else said and we're missing it and look at our country the lives are not being changed like they used to be with that strong sermon so what i want to do now in closing uh what you each you guys give your closing thoughts anything i you guys have been great to answer the questions i directed you to but any closing thought anything in this debate battle uh to help a preacher out there to help a young preacher and even older preacher who started to change and go you know what man they're fast right i need to get back to just helping people with the truth of the apothecary, this drugstore of the word of God and putting together a sermon with God. By the way, stories too. Don't have a lot of time to get into that, but I love the story when Brother Howell was preaching to college and uh, they had him all week long and and the people, the students didn't like it because he told stories and it stirred up. So the last uh, sermon he was there, Brother Gray, you could probably tell the story better, but uh, he said, yeah, I know I'm leaving. You guys don't like my uh, sermon because I just uh, preach a lot of stories. But let me tell you somebody else uh, who preached a lot of stories. And he just went through all the stories that Jesus told. Okay. It's amazing how people preach against that, telling a personal story. How many times did Paul say, I knew a man, I knew a man, I knew a man. What he's telling his personal story. That's the example. And God gave them to us to give them. I'm sorry. Are we preaching? Anyway, (laughs) use the Bible and see what those men did. God let things happen in our lives so we can take them and use them and help people where they relate with them and they go, that makes sense. That's me. I went through that. And if we're not doing that, I think we're doing our people a great disservice on how we could be helping them grow more in the Lord. Ms. Mail, your thoughts on uh, all that or closing thoughts to that preacher out there who's wondering which direction he's going to go? Well, what you're talking about, I think comes to mind is the word application. If you're not taking what you're teaching and applying it to how do I live this today, then it almost becomes abstract in the mind of the hearer, and they they drift off and they're gone. And you may be totally doctrinal, but how does that doctrine apply to that person? What do they need to take home, and how can they live this? I think preaching is supposed to be how do I live this book? And uh, it, it is all about helping. And, and any preacher who's not concerned about trying to help people to live the book they're not in it for the right reason. And and there's a lot of show-offs and there's a lot of people, look how smart I am. And I know all the dispensations and I know all the things that, you know, other people don't know. And uh, that doesn't impress anybody. Nobody's impressed. But if, you know, and I've I've prayed and I think you men pray the same thing or at least think the same thing. We we don't want people to talk about what a great preacher we are. We want people to to be drawn to the Lord and and helped. And and, uh, that's what it's all about. So I think that's what you got to be as a preacher. You got to think, how can I use this to help somebody? And if it's this vehicle, this vehicle, this vehicle, this vehicle, then that's what I'm doing. I'm shoveling to the help. And that's what it's about. That is so perfectly said. Being in the South and the Bible Belt and you go to conferences or uh, even preacher fellowships and you hear the sermon and I would go home and tell my wife, okay, it was biblical. There was no false doctrine in there, but I get done with the sermon and go, why? What did that help? What was that purpose? Did it change anything or anybody? And um, is preaching just a preaching to hear ourselves, or is it to help people to apply it, to help us to love the Lord more? Um, you know, there ought to be always, Bill House would teach us, you go to the end of the matter. At the end of the sermon, what do you want to happen? I want everybody here to never touch alcohol anymore. Now you back up and put in all the ingredients that will bring that about. I want people to make this decision and trust Christ as their Savior. You back up and putting the ingredients in that sermon that will bring that outcome. What is the purpose of this? And I think with expository, it's harder to do that. Again, we're not against it. I do it. I'm teaching Wednesday night, verse by verse, commentary, expository through Genesis. Not against that, but that's the whole diet 
we get done with that. Okay, it was biblical. But what was the application, Dr. Smell? Perfect. Brother Gray? Reprove, rebuke, uh, long-suffering. So plus, negative, negative, plus. Always leave them with hope. I can do that. I, I can do that. I can go soul I, I can do that. The other thought I have, curative and preventative. Uh, Brother Hiles did not try to cure anything most of the time. It was preventative. Amen. Say, get this tape. You don't need it now, but you're going to need it one of these days. Amen. The last thought I have is I have a, a clipboard, a gigantic, you know, like you know, a very clipboard, but a gigantic clipboard with 52 weeks off to the side, Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, uh, Wednesday night, <clears throat> bus attendance, everything that you would want on a one line. At the end of the year, I would total up how many times I taught on prayer. I would total up how many times did I talk on finances? How many times was the theme marriage? And I would add all that up, 13, maybe 20 here, maybe 25 here. When I, I saw where I was weak, and I didn't touch something. Then I, I, I said, I went to the Lord. I said, Lord, give me, I want to, I'll touch it this year. I, 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 it's a spiritual diet. My people are not being given a balanced meal. Amen. I won't know that unless I take an honest look at what I've done. That probably has helped me more than anything. It's nothing to do with topical or uh, verse by verse textual. It has nothing to do with that. It has the fact of a need. If I met all the needs that our dear members have. And so that was just my concluding thoughts. Oh, that's great, boy. And that's the heart of a pastor, which is what we're supposed to be doing. Um, I've never, ever, and you guys uh, haven't either. I've heard your sermons, but um, we never go to God and say, God, let me preach a good sermon, you know? And Brother Hobbs would say, uh, I've never asked God to that. And you can say, hey, I never have. And of course he did, but, but you know, I want to preach a good sermon. No, God, I want to help the people that are here this morning and tonight. That's what I want to do. And that's what it's about. What a great way to analyze all of that. We know Brother Hobbs had 20 main times topics, he would make sure that he was giving them a balanced diet of truth from scripture. I asked him for that list. I said, Brother Hiles, I want that list. He said, I'm not giving it to you. I said, if you give it to anybody, he said, I'm not giving it to anybody. I said, why? He said, get your own list. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Uh, Dr. Miller. Well, I'd like to say in closing, uh, preachers, let's, let's do what God says. He said, all scriptures give my inspiration to God. All scripture. Then a few verses later, he says, preach the word. That means the whole body of truth, right. all scripture. The, the passage itself will lend itself to topical, textural, expository, testimony, uh, historical incident. Uh, don't go in saying, I'm going to do this expository. Preach the word. Get right. back to the Bible, and let's get back to the basics. I know young people don't want to hear this. I'm 72, but I once was where you are, young people. Why don't you learn from these other men? Whether you learn from me or not, that's your business. But why don't you learn from these other men? Uh, they used to tell me in Army Cook School, I went there. Great philosophy. If it's brown, it's burning. If it's black, it's done. Uh, but <laughs> we ate a lot of burnt food. But anyways, uh, they had a great philosophy. They said, the proof is in the pudding. Uh, what? What what 
is this craze of expository link. What type of Christians is that producing? And what did uh, God use Dr. Gray to produce? Dr. Smell to produce, building churches to six, seven hundred. Dr. Baker uh, to produce. Uh, what does, what's it producing? Uh, God, I was told, I don't know, uh, some men told me that I have over 1,200 preachers preaching around the world. And I never had a Bible college bigger than 240 people. And so uh, go back to the old timers. Go back to the dead men and study their sermons if you want to learn how and see how they preached. Uh, I'd like to say back to the basics. And that's remove not the ancient landmarks, get back with the old timers, and let's preach the word, preach the Bible. Good. I think it's that's true to summarize that. Boy, if we love God with all of our heart, and we love that word of God, and we love the people that God has given us and uh, and trusted us to be able to feed um, my sheep, feed my lambs. Um, and if that's the purpose of why we're doing this, then, boy, it's not a downing somebody else because they preach different than you. It is going to the Word of God to get the truths to help the people so they can love God more and serve God more. And so many times before I preach, that's my prayer. Dear God, help us to love you more. Help us to know your Word more so we can apply it to our life. And boy, this world desperately, desperately needs Christians and churches and preachers who are going to be that way. So, man, thank you so much for coming to this podcast and uh, helping us. And either listening, I hope it's a help to you. And um, in this last closing, Brother Gray, uh, I believe, mentioned the, um, the sermon in Dr. House, Is There a Hell? Is There a Hell? And it came from a question that um, a preacher asked him when he was at the Bill Rice Ranch. Um, he said, Brother House, I, um, I talked to a deeper life preacher, and he told me why I ought to be that. But I want to ask you, what type of preacher should I be? And Brother House said, is there a hell? He said, yes, I agree there's a hell. Now, what type of preacher ought I be? Is there a hell? Um, yes, but I was already said, I agree. There is a hell. What type of preacher ought to be? Is there a hell? Is there a hell? Is there a hell? And that was the only way he answered it. And a few months later, they heard that young guy preach. And guess what his sermon was? Is there a hell? He became a fiery preacher to preach the word of God. How come? Because that is going to change people's lives. And if we think of that, an eternity where people are lost without Christ, then you're not fighting about styles. You're taking the word of God with passion, getting it to the people um, where they can understand the truths and let it change their lives. So God bless you, man. Thank you for um, life and ministry and all of your years. Okay. Uh, I'm the kid in the block here. All of the years that you guys have of preaching this blessed book and I just I just got another year older and I told our church I love getting older it doesn't bother me a bit I would love to be 77 getting ready to kick the bucket and pass over into hell oh sorry Dr. Gray uh that I picked that uh, I'd love to be that 70 plus year old preacher still faithful to the book still yeah. faithful to God still faithful to my wife still faithful to the truths of the word of God there's nothing better than that crossing over they're hearing well done now good and faithful servant that's what we ought to strive for. All right. Hey, God bless you, men. We'll see you next time. And uh, I look forward to having these guys on and we'll do a few more topics and see what we can stir up. God bless you all. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Fundamental Baptist Podcast. If you have any questions, you can email us at the Fundamental Baptist Podcast at gmail.com.